In the year 1095, the powers of Western Europe decided to march on down to Jerusalem and reclaim it in the name of Christianity. From this conflict with the Islamic world came a new order of warrior monks who had become known as the most elite fighting force of the medieval world. A little over 200 years later, they would cease to exist. Today on HBH, we're taking you through the Crusades and the story of this Jesus-loving Special Forces unit. Grab a drink and enjoy this episode of 100 Proof History, titled The Knights Templar, Shitting the Bed for God. This is 100 Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg. Hello, and welcome in. I am your main host, Greg, and I am joined by fellow Christian brother, sexy host, Chris. Actually, we don't like to bring this up, but I am I am Muslim. What? Yeah. I will kill you! <laughs> Die! That's why when I came to your pool party, I raised my flag and like stuck it in the ground right next to the pool. You didn't really notice it had the, the crescent moon and the old star next to it. You didn't really pick up on that, huh? Oh, fuck, I thought that was the uh, South Carolina flag. <laughs> or is that North Carolina? Fuck, I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. One of them's got a moon on it. Yep. One of them's Muslim, but who knows which one? Your guess. Mm-hmm. No, we're just playing, guys. We're being on theme. You know, it's, yeah. it's something we do. Yeah. No, today we are talking about the Knights Templar. Yep. Which, if you don't know, big old part of the Crusades. Mm-hmm. And a secret organization, which I'm not allowed to talk about. Yeah. Because it's a secret. Because it's a secret. Also, they won't let me in. Literally won't let me in the fucking building. So it's kind of like your your crush. Yeah. David Hasselhoff. <laughs> a secret, but he won't let you in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, is he a Templar? Is that why this is a problem for me? Is that why he keeps rejecting me and has, you know, sent me all these letters saying cease and quote unquote desist, quote unquote yeah. 500 feet. Pick one, David. Yeah, come on. <laughs> you can't have it both ways. <laughs> Well, Greg, I would like to remind you, especially you, to check out our website, 100proofhistory.com. There you'll find old episodes, bios, links to all our social media, and links to our Patreon, where you can get more old episodes, new hangover episodes, which are mini episodes, and early access to our weekly release. All for the low, low price of $3. So, check it out. I'm offended that you called... The aged episodes old. <laughs> it's not old whiskey. Come on, it's aged whiskey. Yeah. And speaking of that, what are you drinking today? Uh, today, I am having Red Breast Single Pot Still 12-year-old Irish whiskey. It is delicious, as most Irish whiskeys are. Um, uh, nope. <laughs> well, I enjoy it. And the reason I'm having this is because the Templars wore a red cross on their chest or their breast, as you will. They're actually called red breasts. Very few people know that because I just made it up. But I was gonna, <laughs> not in my book. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they should have been because this is a delicious whiskey and they should get on board. Stupid Templars. That's probably why they got wiped out. Just saying. <laughs> and uh, spoiler free aside, I am drinking 
Balconus lineage. Ooh. It's a Texas single malt whiskey. It's also pot distilled. I'm not normally a fan of pot distilled because most of it's Irish, which is thin and piddly. Mm-mm. And I'm not saying Redbreast is at all. It's just most Irish whiskey. But I'm drinking lineage because this story deals with a lot of lineage. Whether it comes from, you know, king to king, pope to pope, the time period that these Templars lived and died in, you know, there was a a lot of lineage going on. Nailed it. This will probably be the first show we do that covers multiple centuries. You know, it's not just like one contained story. I don't know if we've done that before. Well, that was the thing, like, when I suggested this story... I apologized for it like three days later and I was like, this is like a very broad topic. (laughs) It's going to be really hard to get a concise outline going on. That's all right, Greg. I like broads, so I'm all about it. And David Hasselhoff. Oh, yeah. You ever see him in Baywatch? Slow motion running? Just the Hoff. Yeah. Yeah. I fast forward through all the blonde ladies. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> Give me some of that chest hair. Get out of here, early 90s Pam Anderson. Yeah. Give I, me the hoff. I'd like her better if she had curly hair all over her chest. <laughs> and the chest was more close to the rib cage and more muscular. She's never been inside Knight Rider. I mean, the car, the kit. She's never been inside kit. Maybe she's Whoa. been inside Knight Rider. I don't know. Like, I don't know what their relationship was like on that show. Once she, you know, he went to Baywatch and started working with her, she may have just been all up in him. Well, our 12-year-old listeners are definitely going to pick yeah. up on that. <laughs> I think I'm done digging that hole. Christopher, what are our sources today? Well, Greg, we actually had two. We actually did our own little thing. Uh, my main source was the Templars, The History and the Myth by Michael Hogg. And I can't remember what yours was, so why don't you tell me that? Well, mine is The Spectacular Rise and Fall of God's Holy Warriors. Okay. The Templars. Yeah, you just got to find the, the right subtitle. Uh, my book was okay. Basically, it tells the story overarching very quickly. It'll, like, some things that are actually really big deals in history, it just kind of like, here's two pages on that. Also, the back half of the book, the last, I'm going to say, 150 pages, is like a travel guide of places you can go to see remnants of the crusade today. So it's not really relevant to the story, per se. Mine was relevant in every way and better in every way. Sounds like it. Sounds like I will it. constantly point that out throughout <laughs> this episode. You like to do that just about everything in your life to me, don't you? You just like to rub it in how much better you have it, Mr. Able to Walk on His Own. Look at me, Chris. I'm running sprints. Yeah, I get it. I get it. The doctor's going to take my foot, Greg. You know what they're going to do with that foot? They're going to hollow it out and smoke weed out of it, probably. I don't know. They didn't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> we go to Walmart. I'm just running fucking sprint circles. Around your hover round. Mm-hmm. Everywhere throughout the entire store. A 30-minute shopping experience, and I'm just fucking concentric circles. Pumping them out. Every once in a while, you blast past me. Look, look, I got the last 12-pack of Diet Coke, you stupid son of a bitch. Now you got to drink full sugar. <laughs> <laughs> you keep running. Oh, you're a piece of shit. And you're like, joke's on you. I was going to anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm in this situation. <laughs> oh, you're my only friend. Please don't leave me. For all you normies out there, it is Thursday, July 30th. If you're one of our glorious Patreon members, it's actually Tuesday the 28th because they get episodes early. But either way, we just wanted to say that we're going to take a one-month break during this glorious month of August, which is known as hell in Texas. (laughs) 
And we will be back in September, September 3rd, for our wonderful regular members. But our even more wonderful, more wonderful regular members on Tuesday, September 1st. We got you, Patreon. (laughs) In the meantime, all of our Patreon subscribers are going to be refunded for the month of August. Because, you know what? You guys pay for a service. You guys support us like a motherfucker. And we don't want you paying for something you're not getting. So, boom. Refund it. We will see you all in September. We're going to be long, strong, getting our fucking history friction on. (laughs) And we will see you then. Yeah, and everybody be sure to send your well wishes to Greg on his surgery. Dick reduction. (laughs) Are you ready to get into this story? This tale of woe and such? I've been flogging myself on the back all week, just trying to atone for my sins here and now. Let's fucking go. Oh, there's another sin. Just give you another self a little on the back. Why? Can't say fucking. Come on, man. Show me in the Bible where it says that. <laughs> or anything that most people in this story consider sins. Show me! <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just saying the Bible never says you can't spit on the cross. That's true. Which, I'm not advocating for that, guys. I'm just saying that's something that people were put to death for in this very story. The Bible also says I can't bust out the fleshlight on the city bus, but whatever. Not a sin against the law. Not a sin. Thank you. Jesus is proud of me for what I did on that bus. The story of the Templars begins with the founding of Jerusalem, which took place a scant 2,000 years before the Templars were formed. According to the Bible, the city was controlled by a group of tribal settlers known as the Jebusites. Naturally, they called the city Jebus. And I remember a joke on The Simpsons where Homer was praying, like he's going down a hill or something, and he's like, save me, Jebus! And like, he doesn't know. (laughs) Jesus, you know, he doesn't get it. But apparently he he knew about this 2,000-year-old city. King David, who ruled over the tribes of Israel and Judah and had killed a tall dew with a rock, was hanging out in nearby Hebron, which was believed to be the burial site of Abraham, the guy who God had pranked into nearly killing his son. (laughs) (laughs) Almost got me, God, you son of a bitch. I don't want to offend anybody if they believe in a literal Bible, like David killing a giant. It was probably like a six-foot-one dude who was just really good at wrestling. (laughs) And he just hits him in the middle, right forehead with a rock and kills him. He's like, I am God's chosen. Look at me. I defeated mm-hmm. him in battle. And then you got Abraham, who's like, all right, God wants me to fucking stab my son on the mountain. I'm going to do it. God told me to. And all of a sudden, God shows up. like, oh, hold up. Just, there, we got a camera there. We got a camera there. There's a camera over there. We got you good, buddy. <laughs> you got pumped. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a guy that holds his family hostage in a house. Mm-hmm. You know, with a gun. Like, oh, just put it down and come out. He comes out and he's I saw the light. He told me to do it, but then he told me not to do it. I'm good. Yeah. I can't go to jail now, right, guys? <laughs> Guess. They they tackle him. <laughs> yeah. Beat him to death. Yeah, I was about to say, this is America. They shot him as soon as he stepped outside. <laughs> Hell, they shot him while he's inside and killed all of his fucking family, too. <laughs> then high-fived. Oh, Jesus. Ran the ATF flag up the pole. Little tiny uh, family dog comes out. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's what, that's what actually started the whole thing was the dog coming out and barking. It's like, take it down before it discovers us. <laughs> Teacup poodle. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, David said, Hebron's pretty cool, but if you want to make it big in this town, honey, you go to Jerusalem. His armies took the city, and it became the capital of David's United Hebrew Kingdom, which made sense because the city had walls and was easier to defend. Along with his army, David also brought the holy relic known as the Ark of the Covenant. Now, if you're old like me, you remember hopping in your convertible, heading down to the drive-in theater with your best gal, smoking while you talked about how much you hated commies, and then settling in for the classic hit movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And if that is the case, you know the Ark of the Covenant was a box used to carry around the original Ten Commandment tablets, and if you looked at them, your face would melt. And if you didn't know those things, well now you do because I told an elaborate lie about my life, and I snuck all of the details in. What? Yeah, does the Bible actually say it'll melt your face? I'm sure it does. Um, it's gotta be in there, man. Yeah. It's gotta be. Yeah. No, it doesn't say that. <laughs> the ghost will come out, and as long as you have your eyes closed, you'll be fine. That's what the... <laughs> Medusa won't turn me to stone. She's giving me that blowjob and looking up at me. All I gotta do is not look down. Don't look down. No matter how tempting it is. But the best part is the eye contact. Oh, oh I know. That's why you oh, My dick was already stone. It wasn't enough for you. <laughs> now my whole body is. As long as you can get a dick joke out of your mouth before you become solid rock. <laughs> What travels you know, <laughs> upwards from the source of contact. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Where I was already stone, and it goes, uh, and then yeah, I'm done. Stone forever. Anyway, the ark was super important and had been lugged all the way across the desert by the Jewish people. But when David tried to build a temple and bring the ark into the city, he was met with resistance because he was a warrior king, and he shouldn't be building a temple to God. So David kept the ark in a friggin' tent outside the city, real secure location and drew up plans for a temple that would be built by his son, Solomon. Solomon became king in 962 BC and would reign for 40 years. You probably know him from that hilarious story where, you know, two women were claiming a baby. So Solomon said, cut the baby in half to see who objected and loved the child the most. Uh, which, by the way, incredibly fucked up if the la one lady was like, all right, let's see it. Bet you won't. Bet you won't, bitch. Cut that baby in half. I don't care. He's like, mm, well, all right. What if they, like, the normal reaction to any, from any human, even if it's not their kid, is be like, don't cut a baby in half, maybe? I don't know. Yes, hence the story. Well, yeah, but it was supposed to be, supposedly in the story, only one woman said, don't do it. And the other one's like, bet you fucking won't. You know? The little head wiggle, like, mm-mm. That's a really good point. But he also built the Temple of Solomon in Jerusalem, and he allegedly had the Ark of the Covenant placed in the innermost recess of the temple. I wish you would place something in the innermost recess of my temple. You know, because your body's a temple. Oh, okay. That's what it says in the Bible. I thought it was a suicide thing, like you wanted something blowing through the top of your forehead. No, my body is a temple. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I want something placed in the innermost recesses. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you You know what I'm saying, Chris? Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm glad... That was the the thing you meant because I meant the first one, and I was like, "Going to agree with you, like, yeah, that'd be great." She's doing both. What okay. are you doing after this? <laughs> I guess fisting you while I blow my brains out. I don't know. <laughs> fisting? Why'd you go to fisting? I got to get into the innermost recess. Just whoopah! 
Jesus. Elbow deep. <laughs> I'll work you like a puppet. <laughs> I'll be your marionette, baby. <laughs> well, the temple stood until about 586 BC when it was torn down to make room for a dollar general. No, that's not right. It was actually destroyed by an invading Assyrian force. <laughs> Sixty years later, King Herod rebuilt the temple, but by then the Ark was long gone. But it was rumored that it had been buried underneath that temple. But sadly, the temple was destroyed between 66 AD and 70 AD when the Romans came in to wipe out all of the Jews. By 135 AD, there was nothing of the temple remaining at all, and Jews were strictly forbidden from entering Jerusalem. I can't believe someone tried to wipe out the Jews. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good thing they failed so that no one could ever try that again. Am I right, Chris? Yeah, no. I, I don't think they'll ever have any uh, any problems from here on out, Greg. I think it's smooth sailing for the G- Hebrews. The G- J- Hebrews. <laughs> All right, good, good, because I was, I was getting concerned there for a minute. Yeah. A couple hundred years later, the Romans decided that Jesus dude, he was actually pretty cool. So they converted to Christianity and created the Byzantine Empire. The city of Jerusalem was flooded with Christians. In fact, over 60,000 Christians were living in the city in 614 when the Persians invaded and slaughtered every living soul they could. Eventually, the Byzantines beat down the Persians and retook Jerusalem. But in the meantime, Islam had been founded by a caravan merchant named Muhammad, and another threat was about to present itself to the Byzantines. I've always wanted to uh, see a picture of Muhammad. I was about to say, I was, well, most people don't know what he looks like, so we're going to throw it up on our Instagram. I don't think that's a wise idea. No? <laughs> I don't know, for some reason. <laughs> I bet you'll get a lot of, lot of uh, interaction. We'll get a lot of... Uh... Just ha- hashtag picture of Muhammad. <laughs> In 638, the Islamic Arab forces took the city of Jerusalem and built a temporary mosque on the former site of the Temple of Solomon. Sixty years later, they built another mosque, Al-Aqsa, which still stands to this day. By 715, the Arabs controlled the Middle East, Northern Africa, and most of Spain's coastline. Over the next three centuries, things would remain mostly the same as far as territory controlled by the Muslims went. They were mostly chill towards the Christians and Jews who made pilgrimages to Jerusalem until around 1000 AD, when Muslim raiders attacked and slaughtered pilgrims attempting to cross through Muslim territory. Still, it wasn't until the Islamic Turks attacked the Byzantine Empire in 1096 that shit got real. Byzantine Emperor Cumminus. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> he asked Pope Keith Urban II to send European help his way. Pope Urban gathered the European leaders and said, Hey, how about you guys stop fighting each other all the time and go down there and fight these guys? Their religious beliefs are slightly different, so God will approve of you killing them. The French, the Italians, and the Holy Roman Empire all said, Fuck yeah! and loaded up. Now, what the Pope wasn't expecting was how many peasants would also say, Fuck yeah! and load up. Notably, a Frenchman named Peter the Hermit decided to head for the Middle East while the actual nobles and knights were still getting ready. He promptly led 15,000 men through Germany and killed any and every Jew he came across, upwards of 8,000. Well, at least this would be the last time someone tried to wipe out the Jewish people. I'm sure. I am sure. We can all take solace in that. Yeah, yeah. We we just had that little slip up. It's been like 2,000 years. Like, okay, well, this is it. This is it. It's got to be it. Less than a thousand years. It's been less than... I'm not good at math, Greg. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
his ragtag group of anti-Semites would be eradicated long before reaching Jerusalem. So, at least there's that. <laughs> you know? Sure, it's easy to kill a bunch of harmless civilians, but when you find somebody that actually fights back, you get your shit pushed in. That's all right. Ooh. I'm sorry. I, w- I wasn't paying attention, but now I am. <laughs> hmm. I know there are no rules in podcasting, but can I say he, he, they got their shit pushed in? I think that's the first time I've I said it. I wish you'd say it more, Chris. I wish you'd say it more. <laughs> well, you're the... You know, when Wolf Dick's editing this, just have him send you that clip over and over. You make it your ringtone. Shit pushed in. Shit pushed in. Shit pushed in. <laughs> Can I say that? Shit pushed in. Shit pushed in. Shit pushed in. Can I say that? Oh, yeah. Also, when I was reading this part, I was thinking about it. How weird it is that the Pope said, hey, we need to go down here and attack these guys. And then a bunch of random civilians were like, yeah, we, we need to go down there and attack these dudes. Like, there's not anything anyone could say right now. Like, if we're at war with, like, I don't know, Canada... They said, we need to go fight Canada. Like, unless I'm actually in the military, I'm like, good luck, boys. I'll be praying for you. I don't know. There's a lot of bored people in Florida that don't want to wear masks right now that might march up there. <laughs> they make it to Georgia before they just pass out and die from the COVID they've all got. Well, yeah. And their morbid obesity. But, well, yeah, that, you know. Yeah. Just an army of those same hover rounds that I ride. Just <laughs> <laughs> having to stop every six blocks to recharge. That fucking 80 pounds attack gear they all have as they're protesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's see how far you make it with that. Yeah, some dude is responsible for driving the pack mule that's carrying 800 cases of bang energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, as for the main fighting force, they rode and fought for over three years until they reached Jerusalem in June of 1099. It took weeks of hard fighting, but eventually the European army took the city and promptly massacred every Muslim they encountered. Upwards of 10,000. Oh. Still, this war, which wouldn't actually be called the First Crusade for another few centuries, was a success, and Jerusalem was once again in Christian hands. Now, they just had to find a way to defend it. That shouldn't be a problem at all. Nope. Well, fun time summer vacays to Jerusalem were back on the menu for Christian pilgrims, but the roads remained incredibly dangerous. Pilgrims were killed, robbed, raped, and sold into slavery. In 1119, the new king of Jerusalem, Baldwin II, needed someone to keep his tourism dollars pouring in by protecting the traveling Christians. Just then, a group of nine French crusaders, led by Hugh of Paines and Godfrey of Saint-Omer, said, Hey man, we killed, like, a lot of dudes during that holy war. I'm not sure God is going to be cool with it. We want to be monks. King Bernard said, hold up, what if you became monks, but you get to keep on killing people? The knights were like, <laughs> where the fuck do I sign up? <laughs> right. And on Christmas Day, 1119, they took their vows and became an order known as, quote, the poor fellow soldiers of Christ and of the Temple of Solomon, end quote. Then they workshopped it a little with some focus groups and decided to just call themselves the Templars. Like, that will never fit on a bumper sticker. Come on, guys. Let's let's reel this in just a little. Have you seen bumper stickers these days, Chris? <laughs> Anything will fit on them. Well, I'm talking about 1119 bumper stickers. Cars were much smaller back then, Greg. You didn't have much, as much bumper space. That is true. That Thank is, you. Okay. Fair point, fair point. Still, it was going to be hard to defend Jerusalem and the roads leading into it with just nine fighting Frenchmen. So Hugh of Paines returned to Western Europe to request funds and assistance. 
Luckily for him, he was BFFs with a dude named Bernard of Clairvoy. Bernard was super influential, and before long, gold and silver and land grants were flowing out of England and France left and right. Hugh and Bernard also sat down and wrote out all of the Templar rules. They were to dress plainly and were allowed very few material possessions of their own. I already do that, so I'm good. Let's go. (laughs) You're on the path to righteousness, Chris. Sweet. They weren't allowed to cuss or show anger. All right, you're out. How do you that family feud? (laughs) (laughs) That's your one X. They couldn't have sex or even talk about how they used to have sex. Still good. Only one X. All right. They had their hair cut short, but were forbidden to shave their beards. Can't even grow a beard. So, who knows? That doesn't count. That's not an X. I'm still in, dude. All right. This is the point where we're all crossing our fingers, looking at the crowd. And they wore all white clothes to display their purity with a red cross on it so that they could carry the burden of the cross with them into battle. Ooh, that's a tough one. I don't wear that. I would. But the battle part, I'm not going to fight anybody. That's that's an X, man. That's a... Do I still get the third red X? Oh, out of here. Oh. Well, it was just fun Family to play. Of Christ incarnate one. Get the fuck out of town. It's just fun and fun to play, Louie. All right. Well, thanks for coming, guy. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Different Louie. <laughs> no, it's Louie. Uh, You're Anderson. doing Louie Anderson. Yeah, he's on Family Feud. He was on Family Feud. Yeah, 1999 to 2002. I know that off the top of my head. Just a huge Louie Anderson fan. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Well, for the most part, their day was centered around the church. They'd wake up at 4 a.m., go to a church service, feed their horses, and then go back to bed. Between 6 a.m. and noon, they'd attend three more church services, and in between those, they'd train for battle. Noon was lunchtime. Then, from after lunch to midnight, they'd attend another three church services while mixing in... Mixing in? (laughs) It's Tex-Mex. That's classic... Hispanic music right there. (laughs) (laughs) Then from noon to midnight, they'd attend another three church services while mixing in more training and dinner. Midnight was lights out, and they weren't allowed to talk again until 4 a.m. They weren't even allowed to talk during lunch and dinner. Which, why would you want to? I'm trying to stuff my face. Quit it, dude. I have a very staunch rule in my house where you are not allowed to talk until everyone is done eating. And I eat very slowly. One pee at a time. And I just make eye contact with my wife, stare down while I'm shoveling mashed potatoes in my face. <laughs> yeah, you're going to interact with me. You're going to enjoy this. this is, yeah, you can't kick me out now because I'm eating my dinner. You can't be sh- Five whole potatoes mashed, <laughs> covered in gravy later. She's asleep at the table. <laughs> well, as they sat down to eat their cooked meals and drink a single glass of wine... They were to remain completely silent as a chaplain read to them from the Bible. Did you ever see uh, Grand Budapest Hotel? Yes. And I thought that was so weird when, like, the, what was he, Ralph Fiennes' character came over, I think he was a concierge, but I thought that was so weird that they were, like, wolfing down food while he's reading poetry instead of, like, talking to each other. And apparently, that's just what the Templars did. It's almost like it was an inspiration. They watched Grand Budapest Hotel before they formed the Templars. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's it. <laughs> In 1139, Pope Innocent II was so impressed with the Templars' dedication to God and their prowess in protecting Christian interests in the Middle East that he created an order within the Church declaring that the Templars were an independent force that answered only to the Pope 
and their main role was to defend the church and to face the enemies of Christ. They also didn't have to pay tithes, could collect their own, paid no taxes, and could keep whatever spoils of war that they collected. Using their newfound ability to amass wealth without paying local taxes or being subject to local laws, the Templars founded what was basically the first international banking system. Nobles who wanted to travel to the Holy Land could deposit their wealth at a temple in London or Paris, head on down to the Holy Land with his receipt, and get money from the Templars down there. Not only did they create the world's first checkbook, they also made it a lot safer for people to travel without them being robbed. They also invented the first hot check. Because there was some dude, I guarantee you, just like me, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, man, I deposited this in Paris. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's got to be a way. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, no. They knew. Uh, here you go. Just, yeah, whatever, man. It took like two years to send a message. By the time they figured that out, I've already spent that money on hookers and blow. And they would just text their dude back in Paris or London, like, hey, th- this dude seems sketchy. <laughs> yeah. Is this for real? They'd get back a dick pic. Ah, fuck. <laughs> Whatever. Here, here's the money. Damn. 1100s fucking cell phone networks. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Cross messages. <laughs> At the same time, people in Europe were happy to donate to the Templar cause. The Templars became so rich that they were able to grow into the most elite fighting force of that era. The knights wore chainmail and heavy armor and were able to put protective armor and decorative Templar banners on their horses, which well, it's just cute. I don't care who you are. <laughs> you know? Uh, Decorate the pony. Yeah. Braid the hair. A bit a excessive. Little. You know, you don't really need that. The horse doesn't care what he's wearing. The horse is just riding out there. He's like, oh, fuck, there's a lot of people shooting at me. Sounds like a classic human response. You don't think the the horse cares, you know? Come on, man. There's a reason, Greg, when I'm writing these outlines that I put so much horse murder in here. It's because I just don't care. I love watching horses suffer. Obviously. Mm. The piggy doesn't care when you're eating them. Ask the piggy. <laughs> oh, you don't know English? Oh, come here, piggy. <laughs> Classic Chris right there. Well, although they were known as warriors, the vast majority of Templars were actually involved in support roles. Just like, you know, people in the military. Mm-hmm. For every knight and his horses, there were at least nine people directly assisting him. These are the ones that are demanding to sit at the front of the plane. Like, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> Nobody has thanked me for my service today. It's like, whatever, you know? Like, Man, I need to go up to Baskin Robbins to get some ice cream. Yeah. Better put on my uniform. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my God, you're a Templar? Yeah, that's right. I am a oh, Templar. <laughs> this old thing? Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. sorry. Just came uh, back from, you know, one of the Crusades. You know <laughs> you know how it goes, right? <laughs> oh, you don't? No. Oh. You know, I have a lot of friends who died over there. Like, okay, okay. Oh, you work, you work in the shop. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Wait, how do you... Anyway, thank you. Excuse how do you know so much about how ice cream is served? Oh, you work in the ice cream parlor on the Templar base. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, No, ma'am. I work in the Sherbert parlor. Thank you (laughs) for my service. You are welcome. When they were able to live and train on massive plots of land surrounding the network of castles that they had built all across the Middle East... The Templar organization was also able to obtain businesses and land in Europe, which allowed them to raise even more funds to support their army and their expansion. 
Hey, you remember when stupid over there wanted us to call ourselves the poor fellow soldiers of Christ? What an idiot. Oh, check out my gold horse. It's good for optics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, we are so poor. This is this is all gods. Yeah. Just rolling up. This is all for God. The fur coat with the big fucking collar, you know? <laughs> big thick. Pull up in the Lambo. <laughs> oh, it's God's Lambo. Yeah. I'm serving a god here. You expect me to fight the Muslims and a Ford Taurus? Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is going to drive, you know, god's cars? Right? Non-servants? Get the fuck out of here. I'm a servant of god. <laughs> fuck yourself. <laughs> Unless you want to fuck me, you know, because I'm a servant of god. Uh, hey, hop on, on in. Now, when it comes to actually fighting, not a whole lot is known about what the Templars were up to because most of their records were destroyed throughout the following centuries. In fact, the only three battles we have very detailed records about, between 1119 and the Second Crusade in 1148, took place in Damascus, Tripoli, and Hebron, and all three were defeats. But they had to be doing something right, because money and praise kept flowing in from Europe. In fact, it was a widely held belief that the Christians would have already lost Jerusalem if it wasn't for the Templars. On the flip side... The Muslims were highly disorganized and suffered from so much infighting that they often found themselves as allies with the Templars in fights against their fellow Muslims. But things were about to change. The Muslims began to unite, and it was time for another crusade. And now it's time for another drink. Ooh. That's a professional segue. See how I did that? I tied it right into what you just said. Just rolling Man, it right Almost in. 50 episodes in. Look at you. Yeah. Pro. Pro. Fucking pro. Yep. Hit me up, Earwolf, or whoever, you know, uh, what's the other iHeartRadio? Just hit me up. I'll host any podcast. I can do it. Wait, you're trying to leave me? Oh, you know I am. This has all been an all audition right, We're tape. going into break. I'm going to drive to Chris's, and I'm going to fucking threaten him with a knife. Yay! I get secret. All right, and welcome back. We are back from break. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that 10 seconds. Hope you're like, oh shit, I gotta get a drink. And you like spread it downstairs and just like shotgun some whiskey. Like literally like stabbed a hole in the glass bottle and shoved it in your face. And there's just blood dripping down your face. And Jesus. You, you, came, back up, <laughs> you, know, you came back upstairs and threw on the headphones and the 10 seconds weren't up. And you're like, oh, I fucking made it. And then you passed out from the blood loss. Uh, but as long as it keeps playing and we get credit for that, Thank you. That's all I want. You'll wake up in the hospital, and hopefully this is what you hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be the worst fucking thing to hear. You've been in a coma for six weeks. Now here's some guys talking about their dicks. <laughs> <laughs> their booze dicks that don't work. And go. <laughs> all right, just to recap the first half of the story. Jerusalem was super important to the Christians and the Muslims, and they fought over it until the Christians captured it in the First Crusade. From this arose a need for the Templars, a group of monk-warrior knights tasked with defending Jerusalem and the Christian pilgrims, but a second crusade was about to be launched. Nuh-uh. Oh yeah, there's lots of these things. And they get progress huh. progressively worse, like uh, the Rocky movies, and then suddenly they're better. But, you know, then they get crappy again. In the Middle East, a group of Islamic Turks led by a man named Zengi 
was moving northwestward through modern-day Syria into the southern part of modern-day Turkey. This group was organized and vicious, and in 1144 they took the city of Edessa and massacred all of the Christians and Jews within the city walls. And just in case you guys were wondering, that is Edessa with an E, not Odessa, which is in the Ukraine. So this Edessa is actually in modern-day Turkey. Or Odessa that is in Texas. Actually, that's where it happened. Fun fact. This took place in the oil fields <laughs> of West Texas. Wild West. <laughs> now I just want to see like a, a graphic novel or like even, you know, I don't watch anime, but I'd watch an anime of Templar cowboys just out there on the streets with their big 10-gallon hats and they're still wearing the frock with the red cross. and <laughs> <laughs> They go Super Saiyan? Reach for the sky, because that's where God lives. Draw, partner! Shot, shot, shot! I think I just stumbled onto an idea. I know what I'm doing over our break. I am. What are those two sound effects? What's the difference? Between and shot, shot, shot? Yes. Well, are shots that don't actually hit anything. And okay. Then shot, shot, shot. If you, if you hear shot, 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 somebody's getting hit. Or, oh, okay. Or little John has shown up at your party. Either way. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You know, that's the fiction I choose to believe. <laughs> little John is out there in the old West mm-hmm. Town with the gunslinger Templars. But he, he he has this ultimate power. Like, he's omnipresent, right? <laughs> he just shows up. But he can only show up after shots have been fired. <laughs> so it's like he's got all, all these bullets. And then he comes in. He's like, Everybody! <laughs> like, he can't preempt it. <laughs> He's omnipresent, but not omniscient. Like, he, he doesn't know when it's going to happen, but he knows when it does, and then it takes him, you know, X amount of seconds to travel there, gotcha. and he starts doing his, his tune. What a miserable existence that little John has, He's just traveling through the fourth dimension, you know, time and space, throughout all the history of humanity, just to say, shot, 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 after someone's been shot. Yeah, but I don't care about him. Oh, okay. For me... The mm. present observer that is highly entertaining for like <laughs> two minutes. And then I abandon that dimension. Like World War II just been just exhausting for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to World War One. <laughs> just his disembodied head, which is what this is, let's be oh, okay. honest, right? <laughs> Gets like recruited into the battle of like Passchendaele. Or Verdun, where it's just massive artillery barrages. <laughs> and, like, even though he is omnipresent, he is not a god. He is still Lil John. Yeah. And he's, shot, 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 And there's, like, thousands and hundreds of thousands of these shots. And he just, like, loses his life power. Oh, okay. And he dies. Oh, okay. Oh, little John died. That is that is my story in World John. War One. Okay, my grandfather told me about that. By the way, you remember when we were workshopping this show and we said, "Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be real serious. We're gonna talk about history, maybe make a few jokes," and then we just went on a ten minute rant about little John's disembodied head floating through time and space, so he could shout "shot" after each successful gunshot. I do not remember. Okay, cool, cool. Me no. either. Okay, good. I drank, I drank too much for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, our first workshop, we were sitting there. I was like, yeah, history's good, but we need to work in some some little John in this thing. How do we do that? And it took us a while. Got it. We got it there. We're here. <laughs> like we just sit around a table 
with gl- like glasses on, pulled down over the bridge of our nose, all serious and sober, <laughs> as, as if I ever am. Well, Pope Eugenius, which is a pretty good name, that's what I'd call myself too, the third, then wrote to King Louis the Seventh of France and said, "Hey, that first crusade was super fun. Let's do that again." King Louis loved the idea, but his people weren't too fond of him, and the support was pretty weak. Luckily for him, old Bernard of Clairvaux was still around, and when he suggested a new crusade, everyone thought that sounded like a great idea. It's just like when I was in high school. I'd crack a joke in front of the attractive girls, but it'd be like... The popular guy with all the muscles, the letterman jacket, he's like... He said that's what she said, and everybody dies laughing and ends up dating him and getting teen pregnant from him instead of me. (laughs) Teen pregnant. (laughs) Oh. I got her teen pregnant. No big deal. (laughs) Well, back in Germany, those wacky Germans said, Sweet, no crusade, huh? Well, time to massacre the Jews again. Wait. Yep. I thought... I thought we were past this. Yeah, I thought we were finished with that, guys. (sighs) Bernard had to tell them to knock it off, and he was even so popular there that the people listened. And King Conrad III, King Congrad is what I said, like a big fucking gorilla, (laughs) (laughs) big German gorilla. Just throwing barrels everywhere. (laughs) Well, King Conrad III agreed to send German soldiers to help in this new crusade. At least it would be the last crusade, you know? Yeah. I take solace that at least this would be the last crusade. That's gotta be it, man. I mean, how many times can you do this? Really? It has to be, yeah. right? It has to be. Well, the Templars and the French would move along the coast from Constantinople, which is now Istanbul, Greg. I don't know. I don't do the song. Why'd they change it, though? Because. Maybe they liked it? Better that way, While they were marching out of Constantinople, the Germans marched further inland, and together they hoped to drive the Turks out of Edessa, Texas. Not Texas, guys. Oh, shit. Now he's just being confusing. Yeah, on purpose. You don't know where I'm coming from. Well, if you were hoping for a New Hope-style happy ending with Chewbacca roaring as Louis VII hangs a medal on scrappy young Templars. I'm sorry to tell you that the Second Crusade was definitely more like Empire, with the scrappy young Templar getting his ass kicked and everyone having to run away. That's how you relate to the kids, Greg. You make it about a Star War. A Star War? Yes. There were a few of them, but we're talking about Empire. First, the Germans got their asses kicked outside of Constantinople and had to hook up with the French. Hey. Hmm. The force had to split up when they realized they didn't have enough boats for them to cross the Mediterranean to the Holy Land. Probably should have planned for that. Maybe, you know, a little foresight. Well, half of them got on the ships, the others marched, and were mostly killed in battle or through disease and starvation. When everyone hooked up in Galilee, they realized they didn't have enough men to take on the forces at Edessa and chose to march to Damascus instead. I've always wanted to hook up somewhere. And then realize there's not enough men. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just me and three girls. Ew. What am I supposed oh. to do? 
Nasty vaginas. Blech. Blech. Aren't we all on a party? <laughs> and then I'd bone them all and just think of men, you know? Mm, yeah. Remember when we used to like just hint at homosexuality? And now it's just like, hey, that closet doesn't even exist anymore. It burned down in Waco. And I just walked on up, baby. I'm boning women, Chris. <laughs> That's true. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Jesus. Name a more heterosexual act than boning three women. Boning three women while thinking about boning women. All right, you got me. <laughs> you got me on that one, but name a second more heterosexual act. I guess I can't. You're right. I got you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Checkmate. I take it back. Continue. When they got to Damascus. Okay. <laughs> When they got to Damascus, they sat outside for a while, launching catapults at the city walls. Well, they were launching rocks with a catapult. They weren't just firing catapults at the wall. <laughs> they were using a trebuchet to launch catapults at the city wall. <laughs> oh, shit, they're firing rocks back at us somehow. Who gave them all those fucking catapults? Whose idea was this? <laughs> You're fired. Well, they failed to breach those walls, and they all had to turn back. After two years and thousands of deaths... The Second Crusade had failed without actually fighting a single battle. Following the failure of this crusade, the wealthy noble crusaders were forced to abandon most of their land and castles in the Holy Land. They opted to sell it to the Templars and to another group of warrior monks known as the Hospitallers, because they could afford it, and more importantly, they could defend it. But their prosperity wouldn't last much longer. Thirty years after the suck-ass Second Crusade, a Muslim leader named Saladin was making waves and taking Christian lands by force. One day, as Saladin's 7,000-man scouting force was moving across Tripoli, they stumbled on a Templar force of just 130 knights. It's not clear if the knights were ambushed, or if they attacked thinking that God was on their side and they couldn't lose, but they got their asses handed to them, and only three of the Templars survived. I like to think it was the second one. Just... Ah, who cares? 7,000 men. Yay, here we go. I think it's the second one for sure. If God's for us, who could be against us, right? <laughs> the Christian armies of the Holy Land united and rode out to meet Saladin, but decided to go across the desert without ample supplies. By the time they came to Hatton, where the Muslims were hanging out, they were exhausted and dehydrated, and they too had their asses handed to them. Now mostly unopposed, the Muslims marched into Jerusalem, killed and enslaved everyone, and took it back from the Christians. Like, how these people keep putting people in these cities is every time it gets taken over, we just kill everyone in the fucking city. Now it's our city. Here we are. It's six people. We're just going to leave these guys here, and they're going to fuck like rabbits until the city's full, and then someone else can come kill all them. It'll be fun. For some reason, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> I don't know. Call me crazy. It's almost like they get a lot of incentive, land, oh. and everything that implies to be there. Oh. And then these other things happen years later. Like decades, centuries. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, ah, who am I? There's not riding in there and there's a man and a woman and 18,000 babies. <laughs> <laughs> Kill them all! They can't defend themselves. I told you they were fucking babies. <laughs> Get to work. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny, though, if, like, the babies fucking finally rose up? It's like, you know what? I'm sick of being treated like I just, all I do is suck on the tit and shit myself. <laughs> you know? Fuck you. Build the siege engine, babies. And then the babies just like build this massive siege engine. 
mm-hmm. even though they're the ones being besieged. Let's not let's not get into the details, right. okay? But this massive siege engine is basically like a Gatling gun that shoots other babies <laughs> against marauding armies, conquering armies. So let me ask you I, something. I'm just, what if, you know? Think, people. Let me ask you something, Greg. Okay. Do you have the password to my email? Because that screenplay is sitting in my fucking inbox. It's, you know, something I've been working on, getting ready to send it out. And I feel I feel like I've been violated here. Mm. <laughs> is that why you were having lunch with Scorsese the other day? <laughs> you told me you were just talking. No, ta- we were just being anti-Semitic together. Oh, okay. <laughs> just kidding. I am not anti-Semitic. Notice I did not say anything about Scorsese. Uh, right? Okay. <laughs> well, the Muslims taking Jerusalem, that shit, that just wasn't going to fly. So the Pope called on King Richard I of England and Philip II of France to take back the Holy Land once more. Both armies put the Templar Knights at the front of their attack, and they were mostly successful. They retook the city of Acre and forced the Muslims into a truce, which left Jerusalem in the hands of Saladin, but allowed Christian pilgrims to return to the city. In 1192, Richard returned to England, and in 1193, Saladin died, and there was peace in the Middle East at last. End of story. And it would be an eternal peace. (laughs) It lasted forever. Yeah. Which, that's kind of redundant, right? An eternal peace that would last forever. We haven't done like 12 episodes about fighting in the Middle East. That happened after this. <laughs> nope, this was it. Problem solved, fellas. Mission accomplished. Well, that's a lesson to the listener. Each of our episodes is actually in its own universe. Oh. You know, it's not like the uh, Marvel universe where every story interacts with the last right. and it's all in the... No, all of our stories are in a different universe. Yeah, they're all stories brought to us, brought back to us by the floating head god of Little John. It's like, hey, you guys, you won't believe what I saw in this dimension. <laughs> Which that begs the question, listener. If you're listening to this, was it even in the same universe it was recorded in? This is the dumbest episode we've ever done. Okay. The Fourth Crusade was basically a bunch of infighting in which French and Italian armies sacked Constantinople to remove the emperor, and the Templars weren't involved in this shit. The fifth was launched against the Muslims in Egypt, and this one was spearheaded by the Templars in the year 1212. The Templars fought bravely, while undersupplied and without much support from their allies. They took a few key cities. The Muslims even offered to give them back Jerusalem, but they declined because they didn't feel like it would be a defensible position. Unfortunately, this crusade ended in failure when the Germans didn't show up as they had promised. Typical Germans, man, just showing up whenever they feel like it. You can never, you can't time their, you know, their arrival. Even if they tell you it's coming. Yep. But a lot of time they don't. (laughs) (laughs) They just show up on some September day in 1939. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. I had no warning. Polish noises. Polish noises. (laughs) Well, eventually, in the year 1228, the Germans decided, hey, you know what? Why don't we just go ahead, meander on down to the Holy Land, and they launched the Sixth Crusade. Fantastic accent, by the way. I've been working Bavarian. It was Bavarian. (laughs) I can tell the specific region of Germany it's from. Yes, thank you. Good job, Chris. Thank you. 
Well, the Germans wound up making a deal to keep Jerusalem for 10 years, but they weren't allowed to build any defenses or any new churches. So, kind of a, a shitty deal. Like, yeah, it's like, you can have my yard, but you have to mow it every week and keep it real nice, and you can't come in the house, and you can't actually stay on the yard, but you can have it. <laughs> Good deal, right? Yeah. Just, uh, you know, take care of it. Yeah. We'll see you in 10 well, years. I mean, it's kind of the deal I have with my lawn guy. But you pay him, right? Well, I mean, not in cash. Oh. You know, it's either cash, grass, or ass. That's the old <laughs> adage, right? I don't do drugs, so... Gotcha. I'll leave it to you, listener. Yeah. Let's see if you guys can deduct that one. I've got a baby on the way. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> well, this sweetheart of a deal was brokered by German Emperor Frederick II, who did it basically to piss off the Pope who had excommunicated him, because Frederick was basically an atheist, and he didn't give a shit about God at all. And the Pope's like, well, you can't be in the church. He's like, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. It's like, you know, I don't like, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of country music, and you kicked me out of the line dancing bar. All right. Honestly, I, I don't think he really was an atheist or anything right. like that. I think this is before the Protestant Reformation, and there were people that had problems with the Pope and the Church's absolute authority. Yeah. You know, I feel like he was probably that, where yeah. people would, would label him as a non-believer, but it wasn't necessarily he was not a non-believer. I don't think there was a ton of people back then that didn't believe in God, yeah. but— it was more he saw the Pope kind of overextending his powers. And this will come up again later, in my eyes at least. Yeah, and that's that's probably what it was. And they might have labeled him atheist or, like you said, a non-believer. And it was just he didn't believe in what the Pope was spouting out. And, that, and that's how it was back then. If you didn't believe exactly the Pope's interpretation of the Bible, well. <laughs> You're a heathen. My yeah. God, <laughs> burning you alive. Well, the seventh and final crusade involving the Templars took place in 1250 and was launched by King Louis IX. Then you come up with some new names there in France. Just saying. <laughs> Once again, they had some successes, but the French military leadership sucked ass, big surprise, and they lost several decisive battles in which hundreds of Templar knights were killed. Over the next few decades, the Muslim group they were facing this time, known as the Marmadukes... No, that's not, that's not how you say that. Nope, nope, nope. Mamelukes. They were not a bunch of Cliffords. <laughs> it's a giant mass. If you saw like a f army of forty foot tall red Labradoria retrievers coming at you, yeah, no, mm -hmm. you'd be like, I question all faith. Oh, yeah, peanut I, butter I, stocks would go way <laughs> up. No, they were known as the Mamelukes. I think I'm pronouncing that right, uh, listener. It's actually spelled M A M E L U K E S, and I just like Mamaluke. You know. Just a Luke Skywalker, a nice dress, some pearls, straw hat, taking you out on the town. I like Mama Chris. Hey. Hmm. Take her to the jazz bar. Oh, my Winer, mother. Diner, 69er. I th but I, I don't really put in much effort. Mm. She's putting in all the effort because she's trying to impress me. Yeah. You know? You're talking about my mother. I, I thought you were talking about what I call myself when I go to the truck stops. Anyway. <laughs> We're in a moo moo. <laughs> I bet you drive more than one type of big rig, if you know what I mean. 
You got any more of that meth? <laughs> That's Mama Chris. <laughs> you, Mama Chris, not yes. your actual mom. No, she's a respectable lady that just likes going to Pound Town every now and then. <laughs> well, over the next few decades, the Mamelukes drove the French and the Templars out of the Middle East entirely. The year was 1290, and the Templar mission to secure and defend the Holy Land had ended in failure. Most of the Templars had come from France, and so that is where most of them returned to lick their wounds at the turn of the 14th century. Their new leader was James of Malay, and he was intent on using the Templars' immense wealth to rebuild his forces and launch yet another crusade. In 1302, the Templars began to gather their forces on the island of Rude off the coast of Syria. Before they could amass an actual army worth of a crusade, the Mamelukes sent 16 ships to the island and kicked the Templars' teeth in. Every one of the 129th and 400 archers were either killed or sold into slavery. Back in France, the king was Philip IV, and he wasn't a huge fan of the fact that the Pope pretty much ran all of Europe and had gotten in a pissing match with Pope Boniface VIII. In 1305, Boniface kicked the bucket and was replaced by a Frenchman, Pope Clement V. But if you thought that ended Philip's bitching, you'd be wrong. Clement worked his ass off to get Philip to contribute to the Templar cause, but Philip insisted that the Templars be combined with the Hospitallers as a new force that Philip would command. Both the Hospitallers and the Templars told Philip to go fly a fucking kite. Yeah, why would they want that deal? They're working for the Pope. They get to do whatever the fuck they want, go anywhere. Now they gotta work for a French king. Ugh. Well, this will come up more. Philip loved to get him some fucking power. And in case our listeners are wondering, you might remember this guy, Philip, because he's the guy who told William Wallace and the Scots that he would help beat old Longshanks in their war for independence. And then he's like, psych, we're not helping. Just kidding. <laughs> Too busy. James of Malay went back to trying to build up a full-size crusade. He was a little surprised when King Philip had him and the rest of the Templars rounded up and arrested on Friday, October 13th. 1307. I mean, just, he wasn't quite expecting it. <laughs> no. You know? Yeah, he just, you know, sitting there, reading the paper, eating his eggs. All of a sudden, the SWAT team breaks down the door, no-knock warrant, and just gasses the whole place and drags him out. Get the fuck out! Get the fuck <laughs> And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I must admit, I am slightly surprised. <laughs> I, my hands are behind my back, sir. My I'm hands not, are behind I'm not my resisting. back. I'm not resisting. I'm not resisting. <laughs> Well, to this day, some people believe that the idea that Friday the 13th being an unlucky date actually comes from this event right here. Right. Being on Friday, October 13th. Yeah, and also there's a dude in a hockey mask holding a machete just watching the whole thing. While <sighs> what? I think he was there. That's <laughs> my was, point. Yeah. Drowned at Crystal Lake in over the, there in France. In and, the 70s, uh, yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Dude, it's Jason Voorhees. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you think fucking time space bounds him? You're out oh, of your mind. Oh my god. Buddy cop show with Jason Voorhees and the floating head of little John traveling through time and space. Oh my <sighs> god. I'm... It'd be the best show for one episode. <laughs> and then everybody that watched it would kill themselves. It'd be like a Cthulhu <laughs> event. You know, it'd be like... Everybody's mesmerized, and right when it ended, they'd all commit suicide. 
That's just because they knew it could never get better. That was the pinnacle of humanity right there. It's Cthulhu, man. <laughs> Spreading his tentacles. Templars had been charged with heresy, which was a super serious charge in the early 1300s and was punishable by death. Pretty much everything was. It was just... Right? Yeah. Specifically, the charges were that the Templars had their meetings in secret at night, they spit or pissed on the cross, they engaged in homosexual acts, they worshipped a cat god named Baphomet, and their grand master absolved them of all of their sins, even though he wasn't an ordained priest. Now, the king was a highly devout person in a deeply religious country, so it's possible that he did believe all of these charges, especially since the information came from a former Templar member who had turned state's witness. Fucking snitch. Philip had launched several expensive wars against the English, and the Templars were loaded. So if he had them arrested and executed, he could also seize all of their funds. The Templars were interrogated, and each and everyone confessed. Oh, they did it. Okay, case solved. We did it. All right. <laughs> right? Now, this might have had a little something to do with the fact that they were brutally... Oh. One fun method of torture involved smearing animal fat on their feet and then holding them over the fire. One Templar was subjected to this so much that his skin rotted away and all of his foot bones fell out. Yeah, but, you know, he's fine what now. The he's fine now. He put some, oh, yeah. He just put some neosporin okay. on it, you know? Uh-huh. He grew back. <laughs> Another said the torture was so severe that he would have agreed to kill God himself to end the pain. <laughs> like, all right, we'll stop the torture, but you got to say you'll kill God. Fine, fine, fine. And they're like, okay, here you go. And they hand him a knife and like a map. Like, go get the motherfucker. <laughs> He's been causing uh, so many problems. Okay. Just let me out of here. <laughs> well, Pope Clement came along and was all like, what the fuck is this shit? You can't arrest the Templars, dickweed. To which Philip said, what are you going to do about it, bitch? Hey, what are you going to do about it, bitch? That's a terrible French accent. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have even tried to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well... <laughs> Pope Clement then decided his best course of action was to act like the whole thing was his idea and have the Templars in other countries arrested as well. So this whole thing was, he saw Philip doing this shit. Yeah. He's like, whoa, matters of religion, that's my jurisdiction, bro. Yeah. And so he went to him and he's like, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> But he knew he couldn't, like, really fuck with Philip, nor did he want to stoke that fire. So he's like, hey, you know what? I will continue these investigations. Yeah. Even though he didn't necessarily agree with it at first. <laughs> right. he, it was like, all right, well, now this is my investigation, and I will extend it. This is the way he got Philip's compliance, was I will extend it to all of my papal territories. Yeah. And so that's how they started getting fucking arrested everywhere. And Philip's like, I don't give a shit what you do everywhere else. Like, I, I oh, run no, this. no, he did. He I did. run this show. But that's the tug and pull of everything. But that's how I'm going to get things done. And that's how I'm going to keep my power is now I'm taking over this investigation where we take everybody's fucking wealth if yeah. they're guilty. But they're, you know, they might be innocent. <laughs> <laughs> but if they're not, the wealth is mine. Yeah. Hmm. Seems right. Reading that, it kind of reminded me of every time the UN gets together and says, hey, United States, you're doing some fucked up shit. You should stop that. And they're like, 
fuck you gonna do? <laughs> you in? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll do whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, the U.S. pays like fucking what? 90 something percent of their yeah. funds. So, not a great organization to begin with. So, like I said, Clement launched his own investigation and interrogated the Templars. The Templars admitted to some weird shit, but they claimed it was all an initiation test, and they were not heretics. What kind of weird shit, you might ask? First, they actually spit or pissed on the cross. Hmm. This was a test to show the new recruits what would happen if they were captured, and make them realize they could commit these acts and still retain their faith inwardly. Yes. Some uh, fraternity-level hazing, too. I bet you there's, like, one dude they didn't really like. Like, hey, that guy just pissed on the cross. I bet you won't lick it. You got you got to lick it if you want to be in, <laughs> you join. Come on. Oh, fuck, he did it! <laughs> here, 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 bro, chug this beer. Get that taste out of your mouth, man. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't think you'd do that. That's fucked up. The next part of their initiation test was when the recruits were forced to kiss their new masters on the lower spine, on the belly button, and then on the mouth. Ooh. This was to teach them that they owed absolute obedience to their superiors. And yes, on the rare occasion, it devolved into full-on homosexual intercourse. Ooh. My man. There was definitely a Templar saying, who's your daddy, to another Templar. You know, just going at it. Just having some fun. So there's a Templar calling another Templar daddy then? Yeah. Like, you my daddy. You my daddy. <laughs> Also, why the lower spine? Like, no, not my buttocks. Just above my it's buttocks. It's close, but it's not, you can't say it's sexual. That's Just my... like the belly button. It's close. <laughs> These are sexually deprived human beings. Yes, they are. That believe any sort of sexual contact is the devil's work. So it's almost like they're edging, basically. <laughs> like, you're not kissing my butt, which is an erogenous zone. You're not kissing my dick. Which is an erogenous zone. You're not kissing my mouth, which is a no-no zone. You know what I'm <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Chris. I was say, well, most of them were guys who had had sex before they decided to join up with the Templars. They were just random dudes, regular noblemen or whatever. And they said, hey, it's a pretty worthy cause. Let me join up. And they're like, well, you can't have sex. All right, can I talk about having sex? Because I used to do that. No. Oh, shit. And then, you know, I'm sure some of them had like, tramp stamps and they thought it was like a sign of power it's like you gotta kiss my tramp stamp daddy mm -hmm. just get down there <laughs> you see that bow i got tattooed spring mm -hmm. break 1291 mm -hmm. give it a smooch i know it's faded a bit yeah and i've gained some weight don't worry about that <laughs> oh check out this barbed wire i got tattooed around my bicep oh man i regret that one <laughs> 1290s were crazy, bro. <laughs> I was wearing puka shells. I was listening to Everclear. I was just out there, man. <laughs> Holy father of mine. <laughs> hey, you like that Chrissy little bitch? I love Everclear jokes. That's why I live. <laughs> Following his interviews, the Pope decided to go ahead and absolve James of Malay and the other Templars of their sins. Basically... They all said a certain thing and then were tortured and then came back and said another thing. Or, you know, even after torture, they still denied it, but 
you know, before they were sentenced or whatever, mm-hmm. they wanted to get absolved by the Pope because in their eyes, you know, no matter what they did, like the Pope was still man's link to God. Right. If they didn't get absolved by the Pope, they're going to hell. Yeah. And they're burning for all eternity. So even if they didn't believe the things they admitted to, to get that absolution, they did it. Yeah. But the thing is, even Clement went, oh, he kissed him on the mouth so you could show he's superior to you. Yeah. Well, that makes sense to me. Pew, absolved of your sins. That lines up. I'm going to go kiss some altar boys myself. Well, no, they, I mean, they would <laughs> apologize for it. They yeah. want to be absolved. All that was written down in a document that would later become known as the Chenon Parchment, and it would be in the Pope's library. The Templars were saved! Yay! Except, oh. except for some reason lost to history, Pope Clement didn't send this document to anyone, and King Philip and the other European leaders were unaware of its existence. In fact, it wouldn't be discovered until the year 2001. A space odyssey! Oh, uh, ooh. Did, but it was still in time to save the Templars, right? Oh, well. <laughs> so, instead of being absolved and released, one by one the Templars were tied to wooden stakes and burned to fucking death. <laughs> the executions actually started in 1310, but James of Malay would sit in jail until 1314, the whole time thinking, Oh, gee golly, man. I can't wait until the Pope frees me and I get to see the dumb look on Philip's face. I'm going to go back to the States. I'm going to take my girl to a ball game, see? We're going to have a hot dog and a Coke. <laughs> there we Maybe go. one day we'll have a little boy and he'll grow up and he'll, he'll be a good man, see? I'll instill him with values, see? <laughs> on March 18, 1314, he was taken outside and burned to death. But all that other stuff, you know, alternate timeline. Yeah. I'm basically his grandson. <laughs> As they piled the kindling around his feet, he allegedly said those who had betrayed him would be punished by God. Within a few months, both King Philip IV and Pope Clement V were dead. Also, he was just, you know, playing the odds because no one lived past like the age of 14 back then. He's like, this guy's like 27. He's dead in a week. He can't make it. Well, Pope Clement was sick as fuck this whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he's literally. But Halloween noise. He's literally like in a hospital bed at the burning. Like the hospice nurse <laughs> is like, I don't know how much long he's got. He's like, oh, yeah, God's going to punish that motherfucker. See? See, I'm They inject right. him with fucking atropine just so he wakes up <laughs> to view the burning and then falls back into a coma. The Knights Templar organization disappeared into obscurity. A large contingent fled to Portugal because their king refused to prosecute them. There they founded a new group called the Order of Christ. But, for the most part, the surviving Templars went into hiding. Over the following centuries, conspiracies and myths about the Templars would pop up. There were claims that they found the Ark of the Covenant in Jerusalem and kept it. People also claim that the Knights Templar were the keepers of the Holy Grail, which was Jesus' cup at the Last Supper, and the Spear of Destiny, which was the lance used to stab Jesus in the side when he was being crucified. And, of course, there are the rumors that the Templars created the Freemasons and the Illuminati, and they still run the world to this very day. But if you think a group of dudes who went 2-5 and in the Crusades could secretly control the entire world for another 700-plus years... 
then we would like to thank you for getting drunk and stupid with us throughout this episode. End of story. That was another one. We did it. Yeah, man. Yep. They did not see it coming. Just like most of your dates. Just had no idea what was happening. Figured it'd be ten minutes later. (laughs) (laughs) It's Uh, now. All right, Gregory. It's time to get into the Pope's favorite segment. Surprises slash misconceptions you might have had about this story. Take it away. Okay. It's something you and I talked about. It was, uh, especially with your source, you brought up how they had a shitty a shitty war record. Mm-hmm. Didn't win a lot of battles or whatever. And it's like, well, why do they have such prestige? And that is my main misconception. I was like, okay, well, why did they have such prestige? But I realized it's because they were such this elite force and they were really, really good at skirmishes. Yeah. They were really good at raiding. Like, they would go in and just terrorize a fucking village, pillage, loot everything, and then be gone. Yeah. They were quick. It's the only time we're really looking at their war record is when they're a part of a much larger force. Where they're kind of like, you know, almost a company in this larger force. Right. So, that's that's why they have such a shitty record. But yeah, it's kind of like if, if your special forces and the... The country loses the war. You were still probably fighting pretty well. Yeah, you're probably still doing, yeah, know, doing well for yourself. That's mine. What's yours? Uh, my biggest misconception: I didn't realize that most of these guys were French. I had no idea. Yeah, same. Going into this, I don't know if it's just the image of a medieval knight, or like I, I think I told you, uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail, Quest for the Holy mm. Grail. <laughs> I I thought more of these guys were English than anything, and I don't know. If where that came from. I know there was a, a big number of English that fought in just that third crusade, but um, no, they were mostly French guys and kind of explains why they sucked at war, like you just said. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I had no idea. And it, it's, it surprised me because my main source kept referring to them as Franks, you know, which is because at this time, France wasn't the France we know. They were still the Normandy country. They were having a fight and uh, Alsace-Lorraine was not part of their uh their country it was a different different country so the the book kept calling them franks instead of frenchmen or whatever because it was a different time uh but still i didn't i had no idea well yeah i mean in english you know you had the english aragorn france like i mean there's a lot of countries that aren't the way they looked today right yeah all right i think that does it greg why don't you take us home guys please check us out As always, 100proofhistory.com. If you are so inclined, click that Patreon link. You can start at $1 and go all the way up to the fucking extreme, extreme sum of $5 a month. But to get uh, the main part, like if you want to get into the meat of the Patreon, you want to get the early access to the episodes by two days, you want to get those hangover episodes every Monday that aren't available to the gin pop, which is most of you fans, y'all the gym pop. Mm-hmm. That's $3 a month. But as we said earlier, we are taking the month of August off. So all of our Patreon users will be getting refunded this coming month. And we will be back stronger than fucking ever in September of 
2023 probably yeah we'll we're see. just gonna we're gonna come back this september and then just fucking phone it in for two years <laughs> but september of 2023 <laughs> watch out you bet your bottom fucking dollar <laughs> <laughs> all right well i don't know what i'm gonna do with all this free time probably masturbate a lot well if you need a hand nope no i'm good i i just need the one it's not that big, Greg. We've discussed this. Just the <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what a note to leave off on for a month. <laughs> They're like, I'm definitely not coming back now. That's it. <laughs> I don't blame you, listener. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. According to the Bible, the city was controlled by a group. Fuck, might as well get wasted. God damn, I thought that would change. <laughs> One sentence in, just... Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> Round of applause. <laughs>